0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. Welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode number five. And today's episode is monogamy or polyamory. Which one is right for you? This is a juicy topic. We get questions about this all the time. So we thought it really required a podcast episode.
1: (laughs) I have to say I'm pretty excited about it because I have been exploring and teaching relationships for the past 15 years. And uh, in my journey, I have been exposed to so many different ways to do relationships. And I'm always so excited when I meet people and have to hear, like, how do you make it work? How do you make it work for you? Because sometimes I hear about relationships and I wonder, wow, how does that work for them? Because it would not work for me. But somehow they found a way to make it happen where they can both be highly satisfied with the relationship and the configuration that they have and one of the things that I do see is that often in our society we don't talk much about the options we give you monogamy and just make the best of it and monogamy (laughs) those are your options. <laughs> you get
0: monogamy or monogamy.
1: Exactly. And I think that it is essential to realize that there are so many more options. And once we start having those discussion, it opens up people's uh, views, people's mind in ways that is like, it gives them hope again of like, wow, you mean I can still be with my partner and have the sex I want and all of that. So this is really what we're hoping that this episode will bring to you to give you some inspiration and something, you know, really exciting to look forward to.
0: Yes. (laughs) Now, before we really dive into which one is right for you and what are the pros and the cons and all that kind of stuff, we want to lay a little groundwork first. We want to talk about definitions of what these different styles are so that we're clear about what we're talking about as we go further along in this discussion. So let's start with monogamy. What do we mean when we say monogamy? Obviously, the the um, prefix to that word, mono, so meaning basically one. All right, so when we talk about that, I think everybody's pretty much familiar with the idea that monogamy means it's two people in a relationship and there will be nobody else involved in that relationship ever.
1: And for most people's monogamous relationship, it also means that There's no discussion of other people, of thinking of somebody else is cheating and uh, flirting might even be cheating. Like there's um, there's a very strict definition around monogamy for many people. Uh, so just kind of wanted to put that out there.
0: Yeah. And what's great about that, making that distinction, is that takes us to the second one, which is what we call monogamish. Exactly. So you might you, know, you might hear that term used, monogamish. What exactly does that mean? It, it kind of means you're mostly monogamous, <laughs> but you're open to maybe flirting with other people, or you might be open to some sensual massage or something like that, but you're not actually having sex with anybody outside of your relationship.
1: Yeah. Or you're, you're willing to go to explore, to go to like a sex party and have sex in front of other people. Like there's an openness in monogamish where it is okay to talk about attractions that you have to, towards other people. It is okay to acknowledge that other people might turn you on and yet You make the choice that that sexual energy that's being sparked by other people, you choose to only save it for the partner that you're with. And that's really, that's the next step of the monogamy, which in my opinion is much more healthier because I truly believe that... It's not natural to have to suppress your desires and your attraction to other people. I mean, nature has designed everything. Like, women are beautiful, women are attractive, and flowers are beautiful, and if you were to be like, I can only look at this one flower from now on because I've decided to uh, spend my life with that flower you're not appreciating everything else. But in that scenario of like, this is the one flower that I'm with, and yet I'm still admiring that there are other flowers and I'm bringing that energy back home, it really can uh, nourish and nurture that relationship.
0: And remember that anytime we repress anything, whether it's alcohol or cigarettes or marijuana or anything, (laughs) if we repress it, if we really force people to not, look at it or pay attention to it, or even acknowledge its existence, what happens, right? There's always a rebound. Mm -hmm. So if you say to somebody in your relationship, you are absolutely not allowed to look at another woman now that we're in relationship, what is that going to create? It's a big suppression. And all he's going to think about is, oh, I really want to look at that other woman, but I can't look at that Mm -hmm. other woman. And then of course, he's going to do it anyway when she's not paying attention. And then maybe at some point uh, she catches him and it creates a whole problem. Mm So yeah, the great thing about monogamish is you don't have to suppress any of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, you and I are in a relationship and I'm still a human. Mm -hmm. And so if we go to the beach and I see somebody who's attractive, the great thing about our relationship is I can say, hey, Celine. Check her out. She's hot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And there is one more analogy that I wanted to say around that whole idea that when you are in a relationship, you uh, stop looking at other people. And basically what happens to you is that you're like, you have to... I say you have to put like a a bandage or a a steel thing around your heart because you're like, no, I can't look at this. I can't have that expression. And every time you do that, you are actually constricting your ability to love, your ability to feel desire. And it does fire back onto you and onto your relationship because then you're not even able to be open-hearted with your. One person that you're because you've closed down so many times.
0: And there's also the possibility that all of that repressed desire will find unhealthy outlets Mm. through, say, porn addiction, Mm -hmm. through cheating... Yeah, through other unhealthy ways that it could manifest. And that's really not good.
1: Mm -hmm. So let's go to our third ways of doing relationship. Um, And we're going to pick, let's say, polyamory. And I want to make a distinction. Polyamory is not the same than polygamy. Polygamy is basically having multiple wives and is usually associated with a religious organization.
0: Yeah, completely different. <laughs> so uh, outside of that religious circle, if you hear the term poly, they're most likely referring to polyamory, which simply means poly, many, amory, loves, just means many loves. There's a rough translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all that means is that uh, two people are in a relationship and they might have other relationships outside of their primary relationship. Now, the interesting thing about polyamory is it's one term that can be used to describe so many different configurations. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. We have discussions all the time. We just had one uh, at an event last weekend where we were speaking with a woman, just a a sort of new acquaintance that we had met, and she was talking about her relationship styles and, and what she wanted and why certain styles would work for her and why certain ones wouldn't. And, and I kind of laughed and I said, well, but you're assuming that poly can only be done one way Mm -hmm. and it can't, it can be done a whole bunch of different ways.
1: Totally. So her, um, ideal and her description was to do soli poly, solo poly, (laughs) which, um, basically means that your main relationship is with yourself And that then you have other relationships with other beings and you can have more than one. But you're not having one committed relationship or what sometimes is called a primary partner. You are your own main primary relationship. That's one way to do poly.
0: And I want to make a distinction on that one too, because some people listening may think, what's the difference between solo poly and either swinging or just dating, right? (laughs) Because there's a lot of people out there that call themselves monogamous. Mm -hmm. And their idea of monogamous is they're on Tinder and Bumble and all the other dating sites. And every week they go on a date with somebody else, sometimes two or three in a week, and they have sex with all of these people that they meet. That's not what we're talking about when we say solo poly. In most poly relationships, you are having an ongoing long-term committed relationship with several people. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're dating different people all the time and you're having all of this crazy random sex. It's not solo poly. So I just want to make that distinction for people who are listening. If you've never heard of solo poly before, it just means that you probably are living by yourself, you're making yourself your primary relationship, but you might have two or more lovers that you see regularly on a consistent basis.
1: And the other distinction too is that most often uh, there's a lot of transparency in polyamory and openness right from the start that, hey, I'm having other lovers. In the scenario that you've been describing describing with the serial monogamous person, there's not any mention that, hey, by the way, I'm also casually dating, also having sex. With other people. So I think that's like a big, big distinction that people need to realize about that. It's how you do it, really.
0: Absolutely. And as we talk a little bit more about each style, we'll talk about how do you actually do these things. Mm -hmm. But for now, we're still giving some definitions of what these things are. So just know that with poly, there's all kinds of different configurations. You can have two people in a committed relationship and they each have one lover outside. Or maybe only one of them has a lover outside. Or maybe they have several lovers outside. Or maybe they're doing solo poly. There's so many different configurations that Uh could possibly be. Occur. Occur,
1: yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so the last one that we wanted to bring in as a, another relationship style is one called swinging. And swinging tends to be confused at time, too, with polyamory. And the biggest difference between the two is for most people that do swinging, it's really all about the sex. And by the way, there's no judgment about that. I think if that's what you're into, that's fantastic. But There's not always so much caring about the name, about their likes, dislikes, where they come from, about building a relationship. As a matter of fact, usually it's just about going somewhere, having a container where you can have that uh, open sexuality that happens, and it's thank you, goodbye, there's no numbers really that's exchanged, and that's one way of doing, and that's more of the swinging
0: in many swinger circles, not only is it not so much about getting a name or exchanging a number, it's actually exchanging numbers in some situations is forbidden. Yeah. Like you don't do that. It's you don't care what their name is, you're not gonna call them afterwards. You're just having sex in that moment and then you part, and if you ever run into each other again, maybe you'll have sex again. <laughs>
1: exactly, because as soon as you start to develop a bond, a connection that also goes beyond just the physical sex, you're basically falling into the polyamory Uh, Category where you are starting to nurture nurture a relationship, you are getting to know somebody else. You might even see them more than once or have regular dates, and so that would would fit more into the polyamory one.
0: And and that's why people in the swinging category generally don't do that because they Mm -hmm. want to keep the relationship just between the two of them, but they want to meet their sexual needs outside the relationship. Not completely outside, but they, they're they meeting their needs within the relationship and also outside the relationship. But they don't want to develop those deep ties to people that are outside of their primary relationship. And again, no judgment. They're all just different styles. And we, we want to try to define it as clearly as we can so you understand what we're talking about as we, as we go along.
1: Mm-hmm. So what I'm curious about, Kevin, is... Is one really better than the other?
0: (laughs) Oh, this is the million dollar question. There are whole books written on this subject. There are debates all over the place. Is one really better than the other? Okay. The short answer, no. Mm -hmm. Let's just get that out of the way right from the start. Mm -hmm. There isn't one that is any better than another. But let me explain how sometimes that gets confusing. Mm Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you will hear some poly people say that polyamory is better than monogamy. And that really stems from uh, one basic idea. It kind of goes like this. When you are managing multiple relationships, it takes exponentially more skill and more work than only managing one relationship. So think about this. If you're in a monogamous relationship, or if you've ever been in one, let's put it that way, you know that it takes it takes work, it takes effort to maintain a relationship. It's a living entity. You have to learn how to communicate. You have to learn how to keep the fire alive. Um, you have to learn how to resolve conflicts when you have them. There's all kinds of things that you have to do to really nourish a vibrant, healthy relationship. Now. Think about adding one more person into that. It at least doubles, sometimes more than doubles, because in any relationship, you have two individuals and then you have sort of the entity that's created between the two. Right. So you have Mm -hmm. a man, a woman, and then you have this third entity of a relationship. Okay, now you add another person. You're not just adding another person but you're adding two more relationships because, or three more really, because you have the one between all three. You have the one between one partner and that person, the one between another partner and that person, right? There's all these different dynamics because we're humans Mm -hmm. and we have dynamics when we get together. And so you're adding a lot of dynamics. Now, let's say that you each have a lover, now you're adding another person and think of all the dynamics created between those two lovers and the primary people and all the different combinations right so it can it can kind of quickly get exponentially more challenging to Mm -hmm. handle and so what that means is you really have to have your skills dialed in to successfully navigate a poly relationship And so that's probably going to require you to take some workshops, read some books, do a lot of practicing to really be able to do it well and keep it together, keep it functioning. So because of that, people have created this idea in their head that people who are in poly relationships are better because they know more and they have more skills and therefore poly relationships must be better. But I want to blow that myth out of the water right now and simply say this, every single skill that you have to master to have a successful poly relationship, you should also be learning and mastering in your monogamous relationship if you really want to have a healthy one, mm-hmm. a vibrant functioning one. The problem is though, is that you can get by in a monogamous relationship without those skills. Doesn't mean it's going to be a great relationship, but you, we see this year after year after year of people who are in these long-term committed monogamous relationships that are just like
1: dysfunctional,
0: dysfunctional, (laughs) and they're not happy. And they're just trudging along through the misery of it Mm -hmm. because that's, you know, what they do. And that's not healthy and that's not a good relationship. And so um, you should be mastering those skills anyway if you want to have a successful monogamous relationship.
1: So really then there's not one that's better than the other. It depends on what your needs are. It depends on where you are in phases of your life. You know, I have a strong belief that everyone should be able to explore at some point. And what I have witnessed uh, with observing people my clients is if you haven't had the chance to explore when you were younger and you got married really really young there will be a time in your life a phase where usually it's about mid-40s and that's called the midlife crisis but there is a deep desire and need at times to be like what else is out there there is that want to see and, and, and explore because if you've never done it, there's always this idea that the grass is greener somewhere else. And so unless you try it, you won't know. And so if you've been able to have a time of exploration, then you can make up your mind and be like, wow, I've done this and that. This has worked. This was fun. This didn't. This is what I like and what I want going forward. And I believe that could be even healthier. But independently, you are at the same place that both of these scenarios, there is a time of exploration. So whether you start by exploring or whether you start by going the traditional road and then exploring later that it doesn't really matter, but there will be that phase of exploration.
0: Well, there should be. Oh, there, yes. there isn't always. That's true. And unfortunately, we know we have friends who are going through this right now where we we talk with them and they'll they'll say, you know, she's in one place like, oh, I'm ready to settle down. That's it. And he's like... Well, you know, I've kind of been thinking about what it would be like to have a threesome, and I've never done that, and I'd like to, but I know we're about to get married, and and so there's this idea that uh, you yeah you want to at some point you should have that exploration so that you can say okay I get it I've been there I've done that I know what I want I know what I don't want I know what works for me I know what doesn't work for me so that that's always our advice to people is have that time at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. It's probably a little bit easier if you do it when you're younger. <laughs> it's kind of like that whole young period of your life where you're learning what you want and what you don't want, and that's that's a good time to kind of experiment. But you can still do it later on in life. Um, and that kind of brings us to the next part of this discussion, which is, okay, we know what the types are, and we...
1: We understand that there's not one really that's better. And by the way, I wanna I want to add one thing here, which is to drop any shoulds. I should be enlightened. It's better to do this or that. Therefore, I'm gonna go against my nature and do this because. Um, because it's going to make me a better human being or like, you know, basically it's like my partner wants to have multiple partners and and I should like that. And it would make me closer to being enlightened if I'm able to do this. But in reality, all I want is, is having like a devotional one-on-one relationship. That's not the way to go.
0: Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because we have observed that as well, where, where people get into that sort of false uh, dynamic of polyamory is more advanced and I should be better. I should be able to handle this. I should want this for my partner. And, you know, that's not necessarily true. We've already gone over the fact that that none mm-hmm. of these styles is better than the other. Mm-hmm. And you should really... Follow the one that speaks to you, the one that you feel mm-hmm. in your heart really works for you. Now, the tricky part with that is that a lot of people will say monogamy works for them and that's, that's really who they are, but that's actually coming from a fear place. Mm-hmm. So they've convinced themselves that monogamy is best for them because they're too afraid to do anything else. That's not necessarily the right reason. But if you've done the work, if you've you know, dug down deep inside to really figure out who you are and what you want, and what stimulates your soul and what rings true in your heart, mm-hmm. you know, then you can really make a, an educated decision. So, yes, back to the idea that we know what they are, we know that one isn't better than another, but which one is right for you?
1: <laughs> so, let's look at different scenarios. And remember that anytime you add somebody else into the mix, everything gets magnified. So it's super important to have a solid foundation with the partner that you're with, to have trust, depth that has been cultivated. Because if you have a rocky foundation and you add something onto it, the result of that is basically just falling apart. So I really want you to to know that that the foundation is key and anytime you add it gets magnified. That means that anytime you add and the relationship that you're in is full of love and there's deep trust and passionate sex. Woo imagine what gets you know, once you, add, add, once you start adding to it and it gets magnified, yeah, look at the level and what can be possible. So it goes both ways. If you already have a beautiful foundation, trust and love, it gets increased. And if you don't have that, it also gets increased.
0: That is a very important warning. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, so now which one of these styles is really right for you? And I think the answer to that obviously is personal for Mm -hmm. every person, but we could maybe give you a few pointers, some scenarios that if your life scenario is similar to some of these ones that we bring up, Mm -hmm. then maybe this style or that style might be appropriate.
1: So let's say you're new, you just started a relationship and my advice is always cultivate the relationship like get the container, the foundation that's solid. There is a tendency that happens to when you are into a new relationship that you just don't want anybody else you just want to know everything about the person spend time with that person that's all you can think about so give yourself permission to really like get into that phase of the relationship so in in a typical relationship like that a good scenario is monogamy or monogamish where you are committed to one another there's no other exploration that's sexual with other people but there might be some sensuality or openness around around sexuality but you are uh, just having sex basically with one another.
0: Yeah, and that works well for most people. It doesn't really matter what style they end up in. It works really well for most people to start in the beginning by establishing the trust, deepening the relationship. I have seen some relationships where people got together and they're like, we're wide open, no rules poly from day one. And it's worked, but they're not the norm. Mm-hmm. Most people need that time to establish the connection and the trust and get to know each other. So that's a, that's a good way to start mm-hmm. is in that either monogamous or monogamish.
1: So let's say you are in a relationship where you're a man and woman and she likes to play with women. Well, I'm sure you're thinking, yeah, I scored. (laughs) (laughs) Be
0: careful what you wish for.
1: (laughs) Uh, But... I mean, it can be reversed too. What if he's uh, bisexual, bisexual, or he wants to play with other men and he's in a relationship with you. So one of you likes to play with your same gender. This is a great time to explore either polyamory or swinging, but just having that container that, okay, maybe you're the only person that's the opposite sex for me, but let's say I can have sex with other like same-sex people. (laughs)
0: If you're naturally bisexual Mm -hmm. and you put yourself in a monogamous relationship, you're going to feel squished, trapped, something, there's some part of Mm -hmm. you that's not going to feel expressed. And so Mm -hmm. that's one likely scenario where poly might work well for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've seen this with many couples too, where just to take, because we see this more, more often, where the woman is bisexual and so the agreement that they have in their relationship is that um, she and or they can play with only other women mm-hmm. but not other men and we've seen that work quite effectively for a number of couples
1: mhm so we're going to give you a third scenario here where um let's say you've been together for i don't know 5 years, 7 years, 10, 15 years it doesn't matter but a while really and you maybe have not yet explored or you want to, to, bring something different into your relationship and you also have that place of like wow we like best friends we know each other we are solid we know that the the partner is not going anywhere and that's a beautiful place to to start to open up and see what can be possible and going anywhere from monogamish to swinging to polyamory to try all three different configurations and see what resonates most what feels better or easier or more juicy
0: yeah, and if you've never had that time to explore and you're thinking that it, it it's time to bring some juice into the relationship, you've got a lot of options. Oh, yes. Anything like monogamous is a great way to start that mm-hmm. because you can start to bring a little bit of sensuality in without threatening anybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: poly is also another great way uh, to do that. Yeah, because there's a
1: heart connection and it's everybody kind of like, gets involved and as it's all out in the open there's like this idea of the more love <laughs>
0: exactly exactly and and i don't want to dismiss any of the swingers out there either because swinging is another possibility yeah. because you're still keeping the the sort of sanctity of the the relationship where it's just the two of you and you know you're committed to being with each other but you're going to Bring in the spice by, you know...
1: Having sex with no strings attached with strangers.
0: So they're they're all viable options in that that scenario. Mm -hmm. You just need to figure out what exactly is it that you want to bring in. Mm -hmm. And then you can pick which one of those styles. And
1: you don't have to do everything at once. You know, it's like the a lot of the fun happens in having the discussions in imagining what it could be what it would be being really open to to to, to be, describe scenarios possibilities okay what would it feel like to imagine another woman riding you um like having your cock inside her mouth like like becoming really graphic and you can start to feel like wow i don't know if i would like that Or also, maybe a partner is more open than the other, and maybe you want to give one partner more freedom than the other at some point, until you work your way to feeling that comfort and that ease. So there are a lot of options. It doesn't have to be black and white.
0: There are so many options and so (laughs) many ways to do that, that it would really take several more shows to discuss it. And we will do an episode in the future on how to open up your relationship, in which case we will cover all the steps the steps, and mm-hmm. all the different configurations and, and ways to ease into that. But the only last piece of advice I have on that for now is we talked in a previous episode about slowing down. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect time <laughs> to slow down. If you jump in too fast, you might drown.
1: Exactly. So we want to give you just a, I want to say just a couple last tips, tools that you need. Now that you've got a better idea, it's got you going. You're like, well, this is so fun. I never thought about all these possibilities and it's exciting. The tools that you absolutely need are to have are number one, communication tools. Being able to talk about your feelings, your needs, your desires, you want, the ability to have empathy for somebody else, the ability to listen. It's essential communication
0: if if we could only give you one tool this is the one yes there's a whole bunch more but this is the number one you have to be able to talk openly honestly and calmly with mm-hmm. emotional maturity <laughs> you can't yes. get triggered and go flying off the handle and and overreact emotionally mm-hmm. so communication in an enlightened manner is extremely <laughs> important
1: and the second thing you want to start doing as a new tool is to start to research, get more knowledge. And we've got a couple books that we wanted to just throw in here for you as good starting points. The first book is uh, by Christopher Ryan and it's called Sex at Dawn. And it's gonna give you a really good history of like why we stray, what it means uh, for modern relationships, and it it's a fantastic book to read.
0: It will open your eyes because a lot of people will tell you that anything other than monogamy is against human nature. And this book will blow that out of the mm-hmm. water and it will open your mind to the point where you will realize that anything that you can think of, any configuration, anything we've talked about is actually normal. And there are examples of it all throughout nature.
1: Mm-hmm. And the second book is The Ethical Slut by Janet Hardy and Darcy Easton. And both of these books are available on Amazon, but this is kind of like the playbook. (laughs) The Ethical Slut will give you so much of the guidelines that you need to navigate open relationships in, in in a beautiful way.
0: Yeah, and there, there's so many more. Opening up by Tristan Terramino is another great one if you're in opening up. But we'll we'll talk more about the resources for opening relationships in, in our other episode when we cover that. But just know that there's a lot of help out there. There's a lot of people who have already been down this path and mm-hmm. they've got tons of knowledge and wisdom to share with you. You don't have to Did go it alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and no that there are options. Mm-hmm. There are options.
1: Yes. So I hope this episode was as fun for you as it was for us to create it. And that you got a lot of new foods for thoughts. <laughs> and um, we wish you a wonderful day. All right.
0: We went a little <laughs> bit over our time, but we, we really just, we had to give you as much as we could in the time that we had. So I hope you enjoyed it and we will catch up with you next time.